We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Bye week hell is upon us. There are six teams on bye. Uh, a lot of other injuries. All of our top players seem to be hurt. Here to help us sort us out is Yahoo's Andy Barons on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Andy Barons from Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Uh, of course, you can follow Andy on Twitter over at Andy Barons, believe it or not. Andy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm well. It is a it is a pleasure to catch up with you. It is it is great to be here on on one of your one of your many shows. I can't believe yeah. how hard you work. That's ah, wild. I just talk a lot. That's all I do. Um, no, I you're but you're embarrassing the rest of us. Like no, you're no. you're you're always on video somewhere, or on the radio somewhere, or you know, available via podcast somewhere. And you know, it's kind of it's kind of shaming the rest of us. Ah, uh, you know what? Uh, you uh, you do the same thing. You completely do the same thing. Baseball, football, you do it. I see all of your stuff out there. No, you're you're, you're a high motor guy. guy. You're a true high motor guy. You you're always on Chris Harris's show. Uh, <laughs> a mutual friend of ours. Uh, we had Chris on last week, uh, as always. Uh, so yeah, it, it's hey, it's what we do. do you, when when Chris is on your show, do you ambush him the way he ambushes you? I'm sure. <laughs> you know he's pretty good about sending outlines. In fact, I feel nervous that I need to give him a good outline before. He <laughs> on, but... No, he is actually a great outliner. You're right. You're yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. It, I my my big deficit is that I don't have intro walk up songs for my guests like he does. Um, <laughs> that's, that's so much work. I know that's it's so great. It's great. And the one he's got, one of his listeners created for me is, is, is fantastic. So uh, I show up on like I did a Reddit chat and someone's like, he's not Eric Jefferson. Yes. Harris. Was <laughs> <All right. laughs> so uh, it's good stuff there. Um, this week is crazy. It's uh, yeah. by week six teams on by Cincinnati, Dallas, Tennessee, Jets, Carolina and the Texans. It, at least. It's not like all the heavyweight offenses at once, but you know, cer certain teams are going to get hit really hard this week. Do you do anything different for a week like this than you normally do with, with your regular routine? Yeah, um, there there are two things that I'm that I'm doing this week that uh, are, are probably not typical. Like I'm always a pretty active trader, and I always like enjoy having trade conversations. But like everybody is acutely aware this week that they have needs like even the you know whatever the five and one team in your league 
has needs um, with six teams on by. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. So I've been, and like, I was kind of scoping this out um, before, but it, like in advance of, of week six, a little bit, like the needs that different teams were going to have coming into this one. Um, and I've been, I don't know, I feel like I have a trade negotiation going on in, in literally every, every league that I have. And it's usually, it's, you know, mutually beneficial stuff where like, you, you know, they're down at a position, I'm down at a position. Um, I, I have a 16 team league that is, I'm thinking of it now because it's with Chris Harris. He commissions it. Um, it's a 16 team league. And there's just, there's no, there's no quarterback out there, right? Like the only right. available starting quarterback this week who is not on a buy is uh, Tyson Bajan, who no one wants to touch is, is right. uh, if not toxic, he's certainly not anybody that you want to be starting. So like I, my roster had like Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Gardner Minshew, and it's just an opportunity for me in this league to flip. Gardner Minshew to a team that has like Ryan Tannehill and Justin Fields. He thought he was going to be fine this week. And yeah. he's not. Um, so I'm, so I'm giving him Gardner Minshew who I was probably going to have to drop anyway, but I'm getting, you know, I'm getting like a, uh, I'm getting a little pick exchange for next year. So like, I know that's tedious and maybe people who don't like work in fantasy full time can't go through, can't pour through every league and, <laughs> and figure out those opportunities. But I have tried to do a little bit of that. Um, I've tried to take advantage of, you know, like everybody, everybody's hurting, even the good teams are hurting. So there's trade opportunities out there. And then the second thing that I'll, that I'll just uh, recommend to people watch the drops this week. Yes. Um, yes. This is, this is going to be one of those weeks where like, some of the guys that get kicked to the curb are a little bit better than the guys that you added in the main waiver run. You know, like I'm, I'm looking at the most dropped players in, in Yahoo leagues this morning. And like, I'm, I'm not talking about league winners here, but like Ty J Spears is in there. Um, CJ Stroud is in there. Tank Dell is in there. Almost anybody on a buy. Um, and then there's other guys that have been significant disappointments to this point who could definitely turn it around. You know, like Jahan Dotson is in there. Like, some of the drops are really interesting and I get it too. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that anybody, like, I understand why you might've had to drop CJ Stroud this week. He's not playing. Right. <laughs> you've got, you've got holes to fill. Like I get it. We're, we're just talking about some really promising players who to me are, are they're probably more interesting than like, I don't know, Keontae Ingram or Jordan Mason or whoever you were adding as a plug and play. Um, so watch, watch the drops. The drops are, the drops are good. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And, you know, I've made some of those drops, you know, because I have to, you know, especially yeah. league with like minimal bench spots. Uh, let's call it the Ted Bell Superfan League, where we have <laughs> 17 flexes, you know, super flex, tight end, <laughs> you know, kicker flex. No, no kicker flex. But no, but the thing is, there's, there's, it creates that tension. And it's purposeful. And I think it's a good thing to have a league like that where the waiver wire is actually pretty good, anyhow. And then in a week like this, I mean, you really have to make some tough calls. And, you know, and that this is the one exception to the uh, my general philosophy of not paying attention to bye weeks during the draft. You've got a league where roster spots are tight. You've got like a super flex league and like just four bench spots, period. You got to make sure you don't have like five guys in the bipocalypse week. Yeah. And if you like if you do, I don't know, I, I have I, I've interacted with a few people on on Twitter Um who have come to me and, you know, like they're showing me their roster or they're asking a question, but like got like five guys on by, I don't know, some like at some point in some leagues, maybe you just have to take the L <laughs> yeah. and, and, 
be mindful of the players that you are tempted to drop because you just want to sketch in a lineup that might lose anyway, given the given what's actually on right, the waiver wire. Right. So that I mean, that's one way of approaching these things, right? When you and I, I'm totally with you I, with regard to the idea of going into a draft and just not even looking at the buys, because I mean, we, we've already seen it with the number of injuries that we've seen this year. Like you just can't you can't make even short term plans in the NFL. The NFL just laughs at that. It's a total right. chaos league. You certainly can't plan like two, three, four months in advance. It's just it's a total fool's errand. Um and yet you, you hit a week like this, like, I don't know, sometimes, sometimes you almost just got to schedule the loss and, and be like, hmm, hope it's a nice fall day and I can enjoy something <laughs> other than the NFL because I ain't winning yeah. this one. Yeah. Although maybe your opponent's hurting too. And that's the, the thing. Scores will be down this week. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, for sure. Assumption of that. And if you're in that really, that terrible situation, I guess that's where you're more encouraged to trade, I suppose, too, where you trade out of it a little bit. Uh, let me ask you this. How do you like to approach trades? Do you go by email, text, if you know, if you know the person that closely, uh, how do you, do you put an emissive to the league or do you go like directly to a person? Um, depends on the, depends on the league in, in leagues that are full of like really active managers. Um, I, you know, those are, those are, those are typically leagues where I have some experience with those people already. And I'll, I'll generally send an email or text, however they communicate with me. Right. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe we're, we're using DMS on Twitter. Um, but I'll, I'll approach people and I usually approach people with a, you know, I I try to do the bare minimum of work, right? Like what do they actually need versus what am I trying to get rid of? (laughs) You know, if it's, if it's simply a situation where it's like, what am I trying to unload? You know, like I'm in, um, I'm, I'm thinking of a super flex league that I'm in that Brad Evans is the commission of. And like, I'm, I'm three and three and I'm, I'm the kind of three and three that isn't like, I'm not super confident in this roster. I'm just, I'm just going week to week. Right. I'm, right. I'm patching new holes all the time. Guy's been hurt. I lost Nick Chubb in that league and I'm trying to just hang in and make the playoffs um, and then see what happens. Um, the one thing that I do have in that super flex is a third quarterback. And so in that one, I've, I've not spammed the league exactly, but I have sent out a couple of just, you know, emails to all managers, letting them know that I have a fully functional third quarterback. Um, I'm usually not playing Sam Howell, who should definitely start in this league for somebody. Um, You know, I haven't I haven't found the right deal for Sam Howell just yet, but like I feel like he's tradable. So sometimes I'll go to an entire league or sometimes I'll just, you know, I'll look at somebody's roster and I know that they're a reasonable manager and I know that we can probably come to something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I like that there. Well, that's a perfect trans bridge. Let's talk quarterbacks here. And I had Sam Hell in my notes to someone I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a very good real life quarterback, but he's been a <laughs> pretty good, a darn good fantasy quarterback the last three weeks or so. Uh, I mean, that Bears game is a perfect example. Uh, you know, yeah. had a terrible game, but fantasy wise, he was fine. 300 yards, two couple touchdowns. Uh, wasn't fields that day, but still, um, he, he, he got by with him. I have him as a top 10 guy this week against the Giants. Is that crazy? No, no, it's not crazy. With six teams on by, I think I, I'm sure I have him top 12. I don't think I have him quite in my top 10, but like, yeah, it's a, it's an easy path for him. We had, the funny thing is we haven't even really seen like the big rushing effort yet. And not mm-hmm. that, not that he's a guy that they're going to, you know, you're not trying to give Sam Howell eight designed runs a game, but he can he can do it. Um, you know, he was a final season in college. People know this over 800 rushing yards, uh, 11 touchdowns. Like he can definitely do it. Um, it's, but 
it is it is really now this is not a, a week seven problem this is a rest of season problem it is really difficult to imagine him making it through the year um the way like he's like he's gonna get sacked 90 times yeah and i don't know that that's survivable like that is the pace that he's on and a little bit of that is just on the commander's uh uh you know offensive line but much of that is on sam howell himself and his yep. desire to extend every play forever to eternity um, and then on top of the, on top of the 90 some sacks he's going to take, it's, it's all the plays that don't become sacks, but become like, two, you know, they're two yard gains or whatever, but he's still getting hit, right? Like he's crushed in some cases, yes. flushed all the time. Yeah. And he doesn't just get down enough. Like I'm, I'm super skeptical of, I probably shouldn't say this in case anybody's watching this, who I'm actively trying to trade Sam Howell to right now, but like <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of confidence in him getting through this season. I do think he's really fun and he's, he's, he would not be fun if I were a commander's fan. And like, I had to watch this week in and week out. Right. Because I, I already go through this with Justin Fields where you're like, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Um, it would be, it would be a difficult watch from time to time. The other, this is not a Sam Howell thing. Exactly. This is more an offensive design thing. The, the other frustrating thing with Washington's offense has been, um, their, you know, I think I think a lot of us had just been hoping that they would just funnel the ball to like two guys, <laughs> right? And that ain't happening. Um, we're seeing not not that he's not a good player, but we're seeing a lot of Logan Thomas. We're seeing a lot of we're seeing a lot of Curtis Samuel, who is a very good player. I get it, um, but we're seeing we're seeing way too much Deami Brown, and I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a favor to Sam Howell, who played with him in college. I don't know what it is, but if you just gave these Deami Brown chances to Jahan Dotson it would fix a lot of Dotson's problems. Um, so that's been a little bit, that's been a little bit murkier than I wanted it to be. I think it would actually make life easier for Sam Howell if they would just say, okay, your, your dogs are Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel. Let's, let's make this work. Um, anyway, this is a very long way of saying, I think you're right about this week. It's friendly matchup and he's going to put the ball in the air. It's also, it's a little bit reminiscent of like that, that, not exactly like this. I don't I don't think he's quite at this level, but there was that Blake Bortles year in which Bortles led the league in fumbles and interceptions and time sacked. And he was the QB four, right? Because like entirely on volume and because he had a great receiver at his disposal. And we might be headed for something like that with Sam Howell if he just stays healthy. Kind of like the Jameis Winston 30 for 30. Season. Yes, yes, exactly. We'll go there in volume. That's fine. Uh, what the heck are you doing with Jordan Love? When we last saw him, he had a terrible game against a very mediocre at best Raiders defense. He gets a great matchup this week against the Broncos. Broncos, uh, you know, having a you know the Packers coming off a bye and the Broncos coming off of a long long week to prepare. What are you? What the heck are you doing with him? Yeah, I I think it's really hard to squeeze him out of your top ten this week. Um, just on the strength of the matchup. I mean, I don't need to tell you how like just historically hilarious uh, Denver's defense has been to this point. So it's a it's a spectacular matchup. Um, I feel like a lot of this comes down to how healthy is Aaron Jones and is Aaron Jones just going to be like a full go? Um, cause I thought it was also pretty clear week one against the bears, man, Aaron Jones is not only great, he's probably your best receiver. Mm -hmm. He seems like he's the centerpiece of this offense. And then they had to veer away from it, you know, uh, when he went down. So like if he gets Aaron Jones back and he's got a healthy Christian Watson, that's an that's enough why we've seen enough from Dobbs this year. Like that's enough weapons for him to be good in spite of there being a learning curve and in spite of him still being a little bit developmental. Um, he was, 
you know, just in ter- in fantasy terms, like he was he was scoring a little bit ahead of I think how good he actually looked early in the year, and it helped yeah. him to you know get started with a very low degree of difficulty matchup against Chicago. Um, but he's but he's got one here. Like I think I'd I think I'd play him. Um, I you know I mentioned the 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 league in which I have Justin Herbert and Jordan Love, and I like. I, I gave it a little thought this week. I didn't do it. I'm going to start right. Justin Herbert there, but I gave it a little thought because, man, I mean, Denver, Denver gave up 70. Like, you know, that is that is a prime matchup that I that I would be looking to take advantage of. I've I've already built a couple DFS lineups around Jordan Love. Oh, beautiful. Love it. Love it. Love hearing that there. Uh, I got a couple quarterback questions in the chat here. Uh, Mateo asks, I have Russell Wilson. Do I drop him for T-Law, T-Law or Jordan Love? Um, people. Match in this direct matchup, Russell Wilson or Jordan Love? Who do you got? Man, um, well, I would I would play Jordan Love there. I, it's, it seems weird to say because um, Russell Wilson has some brand name receivers, but I actually like Jordan Love's receivers a little bit better, and I really like him better if Aaron Jones is healthy. I, um, I but I don't want to gloss over the idea that Trevor Lawrence is just out there on the on the wire, and yeah. this is kind of this is kind of what I'm talking about with those drops. And I also understand that people are frustrated with Trevor Lawrence because I I hear that in my in my mentions as well. Right. I, I just want to tell people that he looks awesome. I, <laughs> and I can't, I can't, I can't fix the fact that he hasn't been great for fantasy to this point. But I, I mean, the ball comes out of Trevor Lawrence's hands in a fundamentally different way that it does most quarterbacks, including my own quarterback that I'm watching every week. Right. Like yep. Trevor Lawrence can, can throw some of these, like he just throws darts on these like deep outs that I don't know. You just don't see a lot of it. Um, you'll 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 get the all 22 view sometimes and you you can't believe that he completes some of these throws like they're matt stafford throws right they're like deep downfield into windows that just are closed to other passers so i think that trevor lawrence is playing incredibly well he's also had you know people people remember this from a handful of weeks ago he's been victimized by drops he's been victimized by like his own receivers scoring like college touchdowns right where they don't get both feet down like there's just been a bunch of that in his season I feel like at some point we're going to get like a four touchdown game out of Trevor Lawrence. He's, he's another one of those guys, by the way, like Sam Howell, who's got a lot of rushing upside. I don't know that the Jaguars will ever let him utilize it. They probably don't because he's too valuable as a passer, but you know, there's rushing upside there. I think his receivers are fine. Like, and I just think he's got a really rare arm, like maybe a top five arm. So I think you're right. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave him on the wire. Yeah, I agree with you on that one there. Um, I don't know what happens this week with him with his knee, that turf, tough yeah. matchup, short short week. Um, but yeah, I agree. He shouldn't be on the wire, 100%. Um, all right. Oh, uh, Say you're in a super flex league. What is your desperation play for the week here? Uh, I'll give you some choices here, actually, because <laughs> I'm just that, you know, I'm a sicko as far as that goes. I don't uh, I don't know if you can uh, like I'm not starting Tyson Bajan anywhere, but I don't know if you can do worse than my worst super flex auction. We'll see. We'll see what you come up with. I mean, uh, PJ Walker, assuming Watson doesn't play CJ Weathered is Beathard, assuming Lawrence doesn't play. Mac Jones. I actually am starting Mac Jones right now, Andy, in a league. Brian Hoyer and Tyson Bajant. I mean, it's it's I mean, let's face it, that's that's who's out there in a super flex league. Maybe Ty God uh is available in a league and we we guess that Daniel Jones can't play. But I mean, I it, mean I'm 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 sitting here in my Hawkeye sweatshirt, so I would start CJ Beathard in a second if I could. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my guy. Does he um, play tight end? No, then uh, I can't start him. Sorry. <laughs> 
I absolutely love CJ Beathard. Um, but I like, I don't know, just tea leaves. I, I would expect Trevor Lawrence to go right. Like he's mm-hmm. ambulatory. He's, he's been at practice. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to go the, I actually, okay. You did worse than I was thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm starting, Thanks. I'm starting Pickett in a, in a couple leagues and I feel terrible about it. Cause I never yeah. think he looks good. I don't think the off, I don't think it's a joyless offense. Um, I, I don't think he's a particularly exciting quarterback. I don't expect more than like 11 or 12 points out of him, but that beats the projection for any of the running backs or receivers on, on my roster. So, <laughs> so there we go. Um, he's probably the worst call that I've had this week. I don't think I could trust I don't, I, I like PJ Walker. Like, I just, I don't know. He, when, when things go right for PJ Walker and he makes a play it, like it can be a wow play, but like he was, he was pretty boneheaded last week. Um, uh, pretty mistake prone. And I, I think, I think we all, we also got a pretty clear message from Cleveland last week that they would really just like to run the ball all day They They just want to hold you to 10 points and run the ball all day and and hope to get out with a win with Walker at the controls. I don't think they really trust him at all. Walker almost made an, uh, a facepalm wild play at the end of that game when on that go-ahead drive. Nearly threw a pick in the uh, end zone there when all they had to do was just run time. Uh, yeah. Never have even thrown the ball. Got Nearly got picked off in the end zone. Would have cost them the game. Uh, anyhow, so yeah, I, I agree. Yet, he was still better than DTR, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> who was just so bad against the Ravens. Just clearly not ready for prime time. Um, and that happens, uh, unfortunately. I was kind of rooting for it because he's a fun guy to watch in college. So I was kind of hoping yeah. that uh, he would be good in the pros. But at least in that first one, he was not. Can, um, I, can I tell you, there's there's a weird number of people in Chicago that are still somewhat excited about Tyson Bajan. I um, saw that headline in the Sun-Times. Oh not my just, it, that was the back page of the Sun-Times. The back page headline on the sun times was Bajant of change, um, which is as much an indictment of, uh, you know, fields and the coaching staff, I think, as it is an endorsement of Tyson Bajant who gave up a a scoop and score and then threw the ugliest interception of the week last week. I I just like objectively, you couldn't watch that game and be like, Oh, I need to see more of this. It was, um, he, I mean, he lost the game. Whatever, he's backup quarterback. Um, tough spot. I, I don't even blame him. But he, but he did lose the game. Um, I, I'm, I'm just shocked. Like I, I was, I was talking to Matt Harmon about this the other day. Like I have a certain segment of Bears fan friend who is just, um, what a weekend for them because there's like a, there's, mm-hmm. there's a group of people that you will find in the Chicago area, and I think you know this. Who like the only college football that they ever watch is Notre Dame. Right. Yes. So like yes. the only the only college prospects they ever see are people who either currently play for Notre Dame or are facing them. So yes. they'd already come through the Caleb Williams game on Saturday night. And we're like in the league chat and they're like, oh, man, I don't see it with this kid at all. This kid is, you know, this, this is not my quarterback. I am out on Caleb, you know, it, never mind that he had absolutely destroyed them the year before. They're like, no way um, he can't handle the bright lights of prime time in South Bend. And so then, you know, they're they're back in on Justin Fields. And then we get to Sunday and then all the earlier season problems with Justin Fields are back and then he gets hurt and then Bajan comes in and it's turnover, turnover, right? So they got nothing like these guys got nothing. They can't wrap their head around the idea that that someone who underperformed against Notre Dame could still be a good pro quarterback. So they're just they're just hopeless right now. Oh, that's tough. It's tough. Well, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like out here, the Dodger fans that hate Clayton Kershaw because he's had some bad playoff spots. So, yes. Yeah. It's yeah. like. Ah, uh, come on, stop. Um, but hey, that's that's the fandom life we live. So so yep. be it. There. 
Uh, this podcast is brought to you on the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for your patience and your indulgence on that. Thank you to the Blue Wire Network. We love them. Uh, let's talk running backs here. Uh, Austin Eckler looked kind of sluggish. Cowboys tend to do that, though, a little bit against uh, opposing running backs. What are you doing with Austin Eckler going forward? Do you think he's all the way back? And is this a big is this a big smash spot for him against the Chiefs this week? Yeah, I, I almost never think that somebody is all the way back coming off of a high ankle sprain like this, right? Um, it, it always feels like that first game, second game um, can be a little rough. I will say they they gave him the anticipated Austin Eckler workload, which is a really good sign. Um, he He's said nothing to indicate that he wasn't feeling really good. It was a, it was a pretty good sign that he'd actually... Yeah been involved in practice ahead of their buy. So he's probably about as close as anybody is going to be at this point in this. Everybody's banged up, whatever. Um, he's probably about as close as, as anybody's going to be to, I don't know, what, what, what do we want a player to be right now? 90%, 95%, nobody's a hundred percent. So he's probably there. I, I think you have to credit Dallas to a, to a large extent. Um, the usage was fine. The results were not fine, but it's a, it's a friendlier spot in, in a matchup that should be, like truly a shootout, right? Like the Cowboys game, we kind of talked our way into it just in, in part because we needed it after a really, um, a really dull and disappointing week six. Like we wanted a shootout and didn't quite happen. I feel like it's more likely against the chiefs, not, not guaranteed, but there should be a little bit of additional space there. I don't, I certainly don't think you can sit them. I mean, you waited all this time for your I first round that. pick. You can't, you know, you can't really send them to the pine. Yeah. I think it's more like, do we use them in DFS? I mean, that, that's really the question. Cause like, it doesn't matter where I have Austin Eckler ranked. I have him eight. That's not going to, that's not a sit anywhere. Um, yeah. and fact is, even if you have two other running backs that you have ahead of him, you're still not sitting Austin Eckler. Come on, he's Austin Eckler. You know, emotionally, it's very difficult to do that. There, um, he's he's pretty interesting as a contrarian play, I would say, in DFS, yeah. right? Because he's coming off a primetime game in which he didn't look great. Um, you know, nobody's going to be terribly enthusiastic about him. He's probably pretty expensive, but he is still Austin Eckler too. Like a three touchdown game is always in the car. Is always a possibility for him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, when we last saw Aaron Jones, we were left holding the bag because we didn't see him. He didn't play. Uh, and we didn't find out until Monday that he wasn't going to play. We were kind of like, oh, yeah, he was limited practice, but he played the week before. We're fine. We're fine. We weren't fine. He didn't play at all. Uh, now that they've had the bye week, are, are we are we wading back into the water with him? What are we doing with him? Well, 
I have no choice where I have him, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it, almost every place that I have Aaron Jones and that, I, man, I feel, I thought he was such a steal too. I thought he was one yeah. of the, the most, the most obvious screaming values of draft season because he was, he was something like the RB like 17 or 18 in terms of ADP. And he never finishes outside the top 12. Like with like, right. that was just, I just thought that was a gift. Week one hits. He's great. He's the centerpiece of the offense. He finds the end zone a couple times. And even after that game, he really downplayed the hamstring. He was like, oh, yeah. I, you know, I think he said something to the effect of, you know, if it was a playoff game, I would have stayed out there. If it was this, I would have stayed out there. Like it did not. People remember him getting stretched out on the sideline and he's waving up at the camera. Right. Like it just mm-hmm. didn't seem terribly serious. So I I hope that what happened isn't like a significant aggravation of the injury. Um because he's like it unlocks so much for that team like he's one of the i don't know i'd 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 credit i'd give christian mccaffrey credit here Bijan robinson credit here and, and outside of those two i think aaron jones is like in that tier in terms of a route runner and receiver like not just a not just a check down guy but a guy that you can like you can send him downfield and he can make plays so it just unlocks so much for that offense um i I started him a couple of weeks ago when he was coming back off the injury. I mean, I just think that a fully operational Aaron Jones is is way too good to sit in in almost any format. So I'm really hoping he plays in a in a blow up spot. Yeah, I'm really hoping I see like full practice Thursday. No problem. You know, and then we're then that we're is what we need. Up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've I'm, got I'm gonna be ter- I'm gonna be terrified if it's another week of like limited practices, right? Because oh, yeah. that just did not go well. Yeah, currently I have him at ten. Uh, but yeah, if he's limited, uh, especially like Wednesday, fine. When the Wednesday practice, I can almost always blow off. Right. You know, obviously accepting a third, the Thursday game, but, uh, you know, other than that, yeah, I'm I'm like, let's go, let's go. I'm all in. Let's go. Uh, if he, if he goes Thursday, uh, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, the Cleveland running back situation. Can we start both Ford and Kareem hunt this week? I kind of, I kind of think we can. Um, and it, I, I, you know, I made mention of it earlier. I think that all Cleveland wants to do until they get Deshaun back is run the ball 35 times and win 13 to 10 or whatever, whatever it takes. Right. Let's, let's try to get out of here with a, with a weird score win. Let's try to win 15 to 10. Um, and I think they can do it because that defense is obviously incredible. Um, that defense, by the way, I don't I don't know where their their roster percentage is at right now, but because they had just played the Niners and had a bye week, they were available in over seventy percent of Yahoo leagues entering the week. And I think right. like this was such a, a like a, a frantic, frenetic week on the waiver wire. I think there's a pretty decent chance that we look back and say, "Oh, Cleveland was definitely the one." That is the one thing I should have added in <laughs> of week seven, right? Because you start you start looking at their schedule. They don't have another matchup where you have to you have to sit that defense. Like this is legitimately one of the very few defenses in the leagues that, in the league that you just plug into a lineup and be like, okay, I'm done. I don't have to think about it again because um, they've come through their buy and they've come through the Niners. Like they're good from this point on. Um, I think you can. But like we may also look back and say that Kareem Hunt was one of the safest ads that we made in week seven, because um, I kind of think that workload is real. I think they're going to continue to throw to him. Um, that it was it was great that it didn't really it didn't really hold back Jerome Ford at all. Right. Like he got 19 yeah. touches in a game in which Kareem Hunt had a ton of touches and found the end zone. I think that's what they want to do. Um, and we can revisit it when Watson is back and maybe they change some things, but I think they're kind of terrified by what they have at quarterback right now. And they just, if they can get away with running at 35, 40 times, they will. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah, I, 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 like early in the season after week one, 
after they smashed my Bengals, I saw I saw it was more than just a Burrow thing. It was like, hey, these guys are legit, right? Yeah. And I and I I held them through the buy in a couple of leagues when I could, um, and you know didn't use them last week because I'm dumb, but still, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, nobody used them against the Niners, you know. That's true. That's true. They didn't. So I'm only kind of sort of dumb. But uh, they they cover really well, too. Like, I I know he ended up having a perfectly fine fantasy day, but like they were on Iuke. Um, They, you know, they don't they don't give receivers a lot of room and they obviously don't give quarterbacks a lot of time. Like they have they have some dudes at at every level. They have been really impressive. Yeah, Uh, I I prioritize Kareem Hunt over Zach Evans this week, actually, as a pickup Uh, and which is. We'll kind of bridge to that. Uh, sort out this Ram situation here. Uh, we know Kyron Williams is going to be out probably multiple weeks now. They're saying Ronnie Rivers minimum four to five. They added uh, Royce Freeman from their practice squad. They poached uh, Miles Gaskin. They signed Daryl Henderson. I think uh, they looked into signing Eric Dickerson. Um, <laughs> a couple other guys off the waiver wire here. Uh, what are you are you what are you doing with any of these Rams running backs? Are you going after Evans? Are you going after Freeman or anybody else here? Yeah, they are really playing the hits, aren't they? Um, yeah. I, I the guy that I have added and this is one of those situations where like I think you want to be careful not to just you know, you can't fill your bench with Rams running backs. Right? It's just because yeah. because most not of them a are going to be strategy, it turns out. Yeah, no, most of them are going to be misses. Evans is the guy that I've added. I don't I don't feel great about it. I, I threw a huge bid, uh, at, at Evans in one of the Kings classic leagues. Um, and I did it because there's nothing on the wire in the Kings classic leagues. And like, why not, why not just blow your three flexes there, right? Three flexes, three wide receivers. There's just, there's just nothing. 14 teams There's just absolutely zero on the, on the wire. So there was finally a guy who might play. So I, I just like unloaded, uh, to get, um, of what I had left, uh, like, like 85%. Yeah. Um, because again, there's like most weeks, there is not somebody on the wire who is going to get 10 carries, 12 carries. Like it just Mm -hmm. doesn't happen. Um, so this was the one opportunity to maybe get that. And that was with me thinking I'm only going to get one week out of him. Um, the like today's news about Kyron Williams is I, I gotta I, I gotta stop listening to Sean McVay right like immediately after that game Sean McVay was like oh yeah, Kyron's fine um, it sounded like maybe it's a one week thing even the even the reports a few hours later kind of downplayed it low ankle no worries mm-hmm. um, now it is clearly a worry that is that is clearly a, a pretty significant concern so where I've put the chips down they're on they're on Zach Evans I don't. Like they've taken that job away from Daryl Henderson so many times that I, I, I don't know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if Daryl Henderson um, uh, in two weeks time leads that backfield and touches? You're not going to like this. This time it's not going to stick like they keep they keep taking that job away from Daryl Henderson. They'll, they'll yeah. take it away from him again. So I'm not going to buy that. Um, you know, Miles Gaskin is just sort of hanging on to the league. Royce Freeman is just sort of hanging on to the league. I don't think those are the answers. I'm, I'm also, unfortunately, I'm not one of these guys who, and there is a segment within the fantasy community that is like, oh man, if Zach Evans ever gets a chance, he's going to I was just going to say, there are Evans stands out there. There, re- there really are. And it's, and it's based on some, like, it's based on solid information. He's been a super efficient back at the college level, played, you know, against quality competition at the college level too. I get it. Um, the league thought of him as a sixth round pick. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything. The league is wrong all the time and he could blow up, but like, I'm not, 
not I don't know. We've seen so little of him that I that I shouldn't be like some sort of tape snob on Zach Evans. But I'm just I'm not yet wowed with Zach Evans, but I do have a lot of him because I I I think he's the guy this week. Yeah, I've got I can't like dismiss the DeMarcado scars from last week where you know, he was the pickup and then got three touches. Hey, but he got snaps. Great. They were all when they were trailing, but he was just there to block. I mean, it's like, ah, it's killing me. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, huge miss. Um, and, the, and as soon as I start playing, as soon as somebody starts like a point per snap league, I'll, I'll care about what his playing time was last week, but we, at some level, we just have to care about like who is getting the touches. And I, I like, I agree. It's, it's a little weird that Ingram basically touched the ball every time he was in the game, but it matters. Right. By the way, with your McVeigh comment resonates too. I think he's like Pete Carroll or, you know, who oh. I can't, also can't trust or Brian Dable. Remember when Saquon got hurt? Oh, he might not miss the Thursday game right immediately after, or he'll miss four yeah. games. You know, one of the two. You know, this is a fine line between it. Come on, everybody knew he wasn't going to play, and yet they wouldn't declare him out. Just come on, just stop. Oh, that right. was that. We'll, we'll probably forget about it in a few weeks. But the the discussion around the Saquon injury. Um, was one of the more hilarious instances yeah. of the season. Is it, is it the highest low ankle sprain? Is it the lowest high ankle sprain? Exactly. <laughs> those are good. Those are good days. Yeah. Uh, always love to get to play internet doctor there. Um, so <laughs> always fun. Uh, finally uh, on running backs, uh, CMC, if he can't go, uh, you know, just leading with the most important running back, let's go, let's bury that lead. But um, Mason or Mitchell, who do you got? Yeah, I, I have Mason um, and I'm that that might be wrong. I'm I'm freely admit that that might be wrong. And the guy obviously entering the season who was the understudy was was clearly Mitchell and Mitchell has played well in the past. I, Mason just hasn't done anything wrong the last two weeks. Right. He looks good. He's he's clearly not CMC. Um, you're not going to you know, he doesn't have any of that receiving ability. He doesn't really have like not really like a lateral movement guy he's he's but you know you give him a head of steam and you give him a free run at the line of scrimmage and he's you can't arm tackle him anymore right, right. like he's a big dude um he's found the end zone in each of the last couple of weeks scored the go-ahead touchdown a week ago against cleveland so like he's played very well and i sometimes it's wrong, but my general tendency is, um, if, if something is working for a team, I don't expect them to veer away from it. Um, especially in, in a situation like Mitchell, that might happen. They'll probably give them both. Um, I don't know if it'll be 50, 50, I don't know. It'll be 60, 40, but we'll definitely see them both on the field. Um, I do, you know, and this isn't because I have, I don't have like a ton of Mitchell or Mason or anything like that, but I, I think, and what, who am I to question, um, Kyle Shanahan, but I do feel like they need to get Christian McCaffrey off this 400 touch pace, you know, like I agree with that yeah. that's, that's wild to me. And, and I, I still had him as, you know, obviously a, you know, top three fantasy pick coming into the season, which admittedly it was too low. He should have been my number one fantasy pick, but, um, but that was even based on the idea that McCaffrey would have the sort of job share with Eli Mitchell that he had last year when they were both healthy, which was really like McCaffrey gets like 16 touches and Mitchell gets 10 or 11. And I, I think that the goal for that team should be, let's just get McCaffrey to January healthy or as healthy as he can possibly be. I don't, I don't really get what they've been I don't know. It's like, it's fine. It's great for fantasy. I mean, woo, we, we love a guy getting 390, 400 touches. It's just, you, you know, what, what is that going to turn him into by December or January? That would be my main concern if I were a Niners fan. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think because Mitchell got hurt, 
that might have changed some of their plans. Uh, and now Mason's kind of entered the circle of trust. Maybe we'll see that regardless yeah. now. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going, I'm prioritizing Mason over Mitchell, but I'm definitely, if I've got Mitchell, I might be starting him this week. The problem mm -hmm. is we have to wait till Monday. Um, and yeah. I don't trust the Niners to let us know because they don't let us know. And like, for instance, with Debo, they, they were very vague until the very end a couple of weeks ago. I expect, you know, same with Ayuk. Uh, I think that was a Thursday night game where he missed. So at least we had yep. the early decision. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think they'll, they'll be very forthcoming. And I think when you have to wait until the very end, it's going to be just a nightmare. So if I have CMC, I got to make sure I have one of those other two backs this week. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's the answer there. And then I can play chicken. Uh, otherwise, I'm I, I don't know. It's going to be a very tough, difficult start. Any of these guys this week. Yeah, I also I can never relate to an oblique injury. Like I legitimately don't think I have obliques. I don't even know what yeah. they are. Right. <laughs> like that's just something I was either born without it or I've never developed it. Like some injuries I can relate to and I've experienced. I have no idea what this is. Come on. You're a gym rat. Don't lie. You're there. You're, you're, <laughs> you're lifting weights eight days a week. Come on. Um, all right. Before we move on to receivers, quick note from our sponsor at Circa. Get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circa Resort and Casino. Super Sunday is in Las Vegas this year. Watch the big game poolside at Stadium Swim's big game viewing party. Massive screen, booming game sound, and a view of pyrotechnic and visual effects throughout the game. Snag the best seat in the sun with daybeds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more. Or touchdown at the world's largest sportsbook, Circa Sports for the big game bash. Three stories of football glory featuring a 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a variety of reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium style food, and more. Don't miss legend these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The big game parties only at Circa Resort and Casino. Reserve today at CircaLasVegas.com. Thanks to Circa, as always, for sponsoring us and hosting us in our uh, summer conference that we did the last few years. Had a good time there. Um, here um, the I, I want to go there. That sounds awesome, actually. It is <laughs> awesome, dude. The, the pool is crazy. The sports book is crazier. I mean, they even have, like, TVs everywhere, too. I mean, they are, like, they try to host fantasy leagues. They've worked with us before. We've had, you know, we do our, con we have our, you know, summer conference there. Circus great. It's super fun. Um, yeah, I, I got to say, I don't usually like interrupt a podcast host to say, oh, I like what I'm hearing from your advertiser, but that's, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, that it, was it, very effective ad copy. Um, I'm intrigued. Yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah. And, you know, I play their survivor contest. Uh, you know, I, I they've really, and the, you know, the owner of the casino is a huge football guy. So uh, yeah. he comes like we have a radio row thing there. To, they have a radio row thing there to promote their contest. And they uh, they, they flew us out there. Uh, so uh, Nick Whalen and I were did a couple shows from there. The owner of the casino comes by. A couple of their other people come by. Uh, and they're 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 into it. They this is their strategy is they want to get. Oh, that's awesome. Yet. So it, it's it's really cool. He's a big Lions guy, actually. Derek Stevens is. Uh, so uh, he's living his best life right now. Oh, so he might actually be at the big game. Yeah, I, I would I would assume he would be uh, for sure. Uh, so, um, it, yeah, if I, I think he can afford it. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, let's talk wide receivers. Calvin Ridley. Um, he's he's beguiling. You know, he looks so good at times. Yeah. You know, the Atlanta game week one against the Colts. Other weeks, he's looked terrible. You know, he had the two drop, two false start game, kind of disappeared last week against the Colts. And now, granted, they didn't need him. Well, what are you, what are you doing with Calvin Ridley this week in your rankings? And how, how do you treat him generally? 
Yeah, well, again, we have six teams sidelined, right? So, yeah. like, I pr I probably, in a normal week, if everybody were active, I would not have him inside the top 20, but I have him sort of fringy inside the top 20, sort of in that Chris Godwin range for me. I think I have Godwin one spot ahead. Mm -hmm. um, some of this just comes down to how good I, I, again, I'm stubborn with Trevor Lawrence. I just think Lawrence is playing he's playing well above uh wherever he is in the in the year to date like fantasy standings i think lawrence is playing awesome right now i i i definitely got um too enthusiastic about ridley off of week one um because week one just had especially the first half of that game in week one that was like the primary game that i was that i was watching in addition to you know red zone and all that mm -hmm. and it wasn't just that ridley got, was getting all this work he was getting all this work like and nobody else was in the camera frame with him. Like he was losing right. people. Um, yeah. I, I really thought, wow, this is, I mean, it's like he missed no time at all. I, and I thought we were right back to old Calvin Ridley. And then the subsequent weeks were just, <laughs> you ran through it, right? Like yeah. drop passes and, and uh, just mental errors. And it hasn't, hasn't been great. I, I do certainly hope that by the back half of the season, we get something pretty close to, to vintage Calvin Ridley because we've seen glimpses of it. Um, I am, I am playing him in the handful of places where I've got him. I, but again, like coming out of week one, I was like, damn it, this is a wide receiver one and I don't have nearly enough Calvin Ridley and right. we're, we're clearly not there. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm bummed about that. I've got him in my, fit uh, my fishbowl team, who, which is just awful. One of the worst teams I've just drafted. I mean, yeah. Yes. No one held a gun to my head and made me take Cam Akers or Rashad Penny. I did that. <laughs> I did that at a live draft, no less. And didn't even get anybody giving me crap for it either. I mean, come on. People tell me I'm stupid for that. I, I Save me for myself. Uh, but anyways, Ridley's on that team. And I was like, yes, I got a big up. I got a big oh, uh, windfall there. Um, and I have a wide receiver heavy team there. It just turns it's just a heavy team under. i have a i have a great fishbowl team that um is is not exactly um we're not defending well i am i am i seem to be giving up a lot of points every week but i have a, a bad virtual defense again i hate that i mean that's one of, that's one of those leagues where like you know the fact that i have sam laporta everywhere has really been beneficial in in yes. fishbowl you know a second tight end in fishbowl is a big deal yeah Exactly. Exactly right. He, can I interest you in 11 targets? Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all Iowa tight ends I will be drafting in the future. I've learned my lesson again That's and again. again. Uh, Cortland Sutton, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I see him make these plays at times that are like, damn, this is a really good receiver. And then I see him make other plays I'm like, what are you even thinking? The Miami game had it all, you know, and yes, the good yeah. and the bad. Um, it's just like, mind bending fumbles and drops, but also a couple of incredible catches. I, again, it's bike apocalypse week. We got to start him if you have him. but uh, what, what's your thoughts generally on him? Yeah. Got, got to start him. Um, I, I think, I think it is pretty clear at this point that Cortland Sutton um, enough time has passed since the, since the ACL that I don't, I don't think he's going to get, not that I thought he was a superstar before the ACL, but he was super productive, right? And he'd get a little yeah. separation and I don't think we're getting back there. Like I think, I think this is a nice player. I think he's a starting receiver. I don't think he's a star. I don't think he's going to pro bowls. Um, and I, I kind of think the same about Jerry Judy too. Um, I'm, I've, yeah. I've never been like a huge Judy guy. I know that there's a lot of people who are just like, Oh, he's never been, you know, He's never been healthy and in a and in a good environment at the right time. I appreciate that, I guess. Um, we've just never seen it 
for for any extended period of time with Judy. Um, we have seen it with Sutton, but again, I don't know that we're getting back to those days. That I I, th I think actually what I am really hoping for in the Denver receiving core right now, and this is not what you asked, but I am ho I am definitely hoping that that somebody gets dealt, and it, it's pretty. I don't know. You believe rumors? They're definitely trying to talk to teams about Jerry Judy. Um, if someone gets dealt, then maybe Marvin Mims gets on the field. And if Speaking Marvin Mims paying gets attention on, to the drops, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And I listen, I would totally get it if people are launching Marvin Mims because he's barely playing. Um, obviously when he plays, there's the, there's big play potential, but he's barely playing. You can't start him. And if you like, if you can't trade a guy and you and you won't start a guy, he's a drop, right? So I get it. Um, but man, if, if Judy leaves, if anybody leaves, um, there is a very clear path to Marvin Mims being something and he's, yeah. you know, his, his a dot is something like 25 yards right now, right? Like when he's on the field, it is a high yield opportunity and he's caught almost everything. He was a big play kid in college. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of this is just about, you know, run game responsibilities. And there's all sorts of good reasons why rookie receivers don't play as much as fantasy managers think they should. Um, I'm sure it's all valid. But if they trade Judy, Mims is going to have to see the field a little bit more. And that could get exciting. No, we're going to see more of Derek Johnson. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I know. Derek Johnson fly patterns. Let's go. Let's do this. Uh <laughs> But, you know, the thing is, the Jets game on Mims, he fumbled a punt return. He fumbled a toss on, like, on a, like a trick, yeah. trick play. Um, and I wonder if that got him buried a little bit there, too, last week against the Chiefs. Because he, he wasn't even on the field, Andy. And that game, I know. that game, I was on the Chiefs for the spread. You know, I I had a little Judy and Williams going on, so I, like, I was frustrated there. But I was just as a football football watcher. That team just made me want to pull my hair out there. It was just such a bad team, just making dumbest decisions all game long. The the agonizing thing with Mims is that, you know, um, he he's so good in the role that um, where 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 Russell Wilson can thrive. Right. Like mm -hmm. Russell Wilson is definitely like a trophy hunting quarterback. He is right. an extend the play let's get it 40 yards down feet like that. You know, that was, that was life with Metcalf and Lockett. Like that's what he loves to do. And he's, he's been great at it over the course of his career. And Mims is that guy like, like yeah. Mims is barely, he hasn't really other than the ball security issues against the jets. He hasn't actually like dropped a thing this year. Like right. he's great on downfield throws and he just suits Russell Wilson's game so well. And that is, that is a big part of why it's so frustrating not to see him out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very frustrating indeed. Um, let's move on to another frustrating situation. The Kansas City Chiefs receiving core. Uh, any hope? Have you seen anything, any glimpses of hope from Rasheed Rice or maybe Tony or anybody else's? Or are they just going to muddle through all year? Yeah, I, I think I think they muddle. Well, the, I mean, your hope. I don't I don't know who is going to shake free across the league, but your hope is really a trade, right? Because I I think Rasheed Rice is really promising. Um, I, I also think it's very interesting and I'm not, I'm again, I'm not the guy who like tries to second guess NFL coaches. I'm not saying that. I think it's really surprising that they're using him from the slot and sky Moore is like an outside receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, cause that is not like, you just look at the, at the set of traits that, that Rasheed Rice has, right. He's got size. Um, he vertical was over 40 inches at the combine, right? Like he's got, He's got like downfield outside receiver traits and he's lining up in the slot and it's it's been mostly the same thing over and over again. And it's been successful because it's Pat Mahomes. 
Um, his snaps are trending in the right direction. His opportunities are, he's had a couple of nice little improv moments with Mahomes, which I think really builds, you know, credibility. He's seeing the field enough to matter. So I think he's also second on the team in targets. And like, he's, I think he's tied with Travis Kelsey in red zone targets. So like that, that's all really encouraging. Um, you know, he's also not Tyreek Hill. He's not, you know, he's not somebody whose ceiling I think is, you know, one of the wide receiver ones in our game. Um, I don't know if they can, I don't know if anybody shakes loose and they can trade for somebody. Um, that would be the, that would be the dream. Like if you, if you have invested in Patrick Mahomes and you're one of those guys who was like, you know, Hey, I'm pulling the trigger on Mahomes in round two, round three, you have not been happy to this point in the season because the reason you do that is you think that Mahomes is going to give you 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns or close to it. And he's been awesome. We're just not on that pace. Right. right. Um, so, so that's frustrating. I don't really like Kadarius. Tony has already given us the worst primetime game I've ever seen anyone play oh in week goodness. one. <laughs> like, like if he just has a normal bad game, they win. Um, but he had a, he had a legendarily bad game and they lose. Right. So, um, I, I kind of feel like the usage that we're getting from Kadarius Tony right now is, is about all you can hope for. And it's Mahomes, So like, you'll get a touchdown every three weeks out of it. That's, that's fine if you have to play him, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on that turning into Kadarius Tony playing 65% of the snaps and, and getting, you know, double digit targets ever. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. He's kind of a gadget guy and I wish they'd make him more yeah. of a regular guy. Because every time he has to make a decision, bad things happen. Like Ugh. twice in that Thursday night game, once they did the the play where he had, he threw the ball in a double coverage. It's lucky it didn't get picked off. Another yeah. time where he they had him run a zone read and had him decide whether to hand off or keep. Of course, he chose keep. Always <laughs> choose keep. Just don't have him make decisions. Just have him run routes. Is that I, I, yeah. Make it simple. Keep it simple. Uh, they, they there, just, I feel like they're doing a little bit of what they did with uh, like last year. There was that string of really useful games for McCole Hardman where they just said, you know, we're giving up on you as like a downfield guy and you're just going to be like our red zone. Um, you're going to be like a little extension of the running game and we're going to we're going to get you, you know, out wide and get you isolated on players and, and we'll let you do your thing. And he had like a little string of of uh, that Niners was, game last year. The, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Super they useful. Sweep the jet sweepers. I mean, it was, it was <laughs> awesome to see. Yeah, that, I think we're getting a little bit of that from Tony, but it's not, you know, it's not really a role that you can bank on. I agree. I agree. I don't want to. Um, I've I've held on to him in one league. I'm, and I'm just I'm like the one league. If I drop him, that's when he takes off and they decide to, they yeah. optimize him somehow. But uh, and also some, just some leagues are so deep that you have to hold on to him. Anyhow, it's just frustrating. Uh, let's move on to tight ends real quick. A couple of guys I want to talk about. Hey, your Subway alumni, your Chicago friends. Uh, Michael Mayer had a big day again for the Raiders. <laughs> um, he's ascendant. Is this is this something we can build on here? Is this like okay? He's kind of he's starting. The game's coming to him now. Can we start him with any sort of regularity? Yeah, I think you can probably think of him um, alongside. You know, he's had one of the issues for him is he's had some like. He, run blocking hasn't been great blocking generally hasn't been great um so he's he's probably got to overcome that to to see like the kind of playing time that you really want um he's also like jacoby myers has played so well and yeah. obviously Devonte is Devonte. so there's 
it's not a situation where there's a path for him to be like the the number two target on the team. I don't think that can happen. So we really need to start believing in the Raiders as an offense that can provide like three starting quality pass catchers. Um, if you like, if you just want to think of him in that same tier with like Logan Thomas and Luke Musgrave, and you want to add Mayor to that, and I don't know, he's in that. He's in that big middle ground of tight ends for me now, which is an elevation from where he was a couple of weeks ago. So that's good, right? Like he is, yeah. I, I will grant that he is ascendant, but he, you know, he's not, he is maybe not yet like the, the all purpose tight end that the Raiders would want him to be. And again, he's, he's going to have to, he's well behind Myers and, and Adams in the pecking order. So that is another issue. Yeah. So like I have mayor 10th this week ahead of Logan Thomas and Cole Komet. I could be talked out of it, I suppose. Uh, or I have them ahead of Ertz and Higby, too, as, as, as a point of reference. But they're kind of all yeah. part of the glob. Um, they're all part yes. of, to, to steal uh, Paul Sporer's term, uh, and it's been stolen by, I think, Scott White after that. So I'll steal it now, too. I'll steal it again. But uh, <laughs> And that was a baseball term, but I'm going to make it for every sport. No, but uh, there you go. I think he's just part of that general mess. Uh, not quite. And there's there's going to be like four people from that glob who end up finishing as um, top 10 tight ends this season. And, mm-hmm. and then they're just going to get oversold next year. Right. Because it, I mean, all that really takes is 500 yards and five touchdowns and you're a top 10 tight end. It's really touchdown luck. Let's let's be. Yeah. Honest. You know, you get that seven touchdowns in one year. Oh, oh, he was a really good player. <laughs> yeah. Then he yep. Oh, he was the tight end four. Yeah. And then he gets three touchdowns the next year. And yeah. Then you feel great sadness. Um, are you good to rip through a few of these questions here? Yeah. Let's All do right. Lindorfins asks Ridley and Warren for Gibbs and Dotson and half point PPR. Which side you got? Uh, that's a little bit of uh, Ridley and Warren. I, it's probably Ridley and Warren for me. I'm, right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to find new and interesting ways to get invested in Jahan Dotson. I have quite enough Jahan Dotson. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the concept of buy low, but the practice of it's really hard sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, especially in football where it's not a long-term sport. It's I need this right now. I yeah. have six teams on by, you know, it's like, I got to get, I have to start this guy and I can't, I don't even know if I can start Gibbs this week. I know they're trending towards he's trending towards playing, but what does that even mean? That's the other thing. I you also know that when David Montgomery comes back, and I have full confidence that he'll come back because he has beat every recovery timeline his entire career, right? Like yep. he did did it earlier this season. He did it with the Bears. Um, when he comes back, there like that's a very clear hierarchy, right? Yes. Like the Lions yes. have laid it out for us. There's no doubt about it at this point. There's no there's no singular role that Gibbs has um, that he's gonna that he's gonna take away from Montgomery. So. Yeah, I, I really like the Ridley side of that. All right. Sam asks, is Kyler Murray coming back this year? Still worth stashing on, on IR? Yeah, if you've got an IR spot, it's uh I, I think it's I think it's worth it. I I don't think he's about he's about 10 months now from the from the injury itself. I don't think that you are going I think there's zero chance that we get like the 800 rushing yard, 10 touchdown, you know, electric in the open field version of Kyler Murray. I would not anticipate that because I I mean, just the timing of the injury and the nature of the injury. Um, But sure, there's a, there's a chance that he comes back. The, the Cardinals have been to their great credit. They have been much more competitive than I think most people thought they would be like, you know, we came into the season having jokes about whether they were even trying to win. They're definitely trying to win. Um, So yeah, I like, I can, I can absolutely see him coming back 
at like 75% of himself. Yeah. But always the lesson there is players play, coaches coach, GMs tank, you know, yes. and, yeah. and owners tank. Uh, but the people they put out there, they're still going to try. And I, I actually think they're, I think Gannon's a good coach. I think that he gets mm-hmm. them playing hard. I think they just wear down. I think that yeah. they're not deep. You see a lot of their fourth quarter deficits ridiculous because they just don't have the horses. Um, yeah. So I think that's what happens there. Alex asks, uh, which side wins Bijan and flowers or Jacobs and Hawkinson? Oh man. Um, okay. I should almost recuse myself from this because I, I obviously right. I'm an Iowa guy. So I, I have a great fondness for Hawkinson. Um, I am also a Josh Jacobs guy. Um, I've loved him since he came into the league. I thought he was just a wow player as a rookie. I was not the least bit surprised by his season last year. Um, it is tough sledding for Josh Jacobs right now. Like you want to talk about a yeah. guy who once a game, um, is met in the backfield at the point of the handoff by, uh, by, uh, uh, and like an edge rusher or somebody who gets through the, the line, like that line is not playing well. And he is just getting, and Josh Jacobs is good enough that sometimes he can eke out two yards when, when he's touched in the backfield, but it's just no way to make a living. Um, so I, I think we can count on him getting 20 touches a week and cobbling together a decent fantasy season, but I would, I would certainly want the upside of, of Bijan here. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's the route I'd go. I'm, I'm a little concerned on how teams are playing Bijan and how the Falcons are playing him, but I, I you know, yeah, I, I still, I still would go that route too. Yeah, I also, I shoot, I, uh, I didn't even mention Zay Flowers, who I think has really been a revelation. Um, yeah, and I, I got a little bit of Zay Flowers, not enough, but he's he's pretty clearly the number one there. So that's not that's not just a throw in in this deal. Yeah. A um, couple of news notes uh, before we sign off here. Uh, Deshaun Watson concer- uh, confirmed that he has like ro- a rotator cuff strain. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to play or practice this week, kind of in this limbo again this week. Uh, and we were just talking about Kyler Murray. Uh, Ian Rappaport five minutes ago reported that uh, Cardinals are opening up the practice window today on him. So fun. Interesting. We, we might see him sooner than, rather than later. We, we may look back on week seven and say that Kyler Murray was the guy that you should have added while we were all adding Zach Evans and Jordan Mason and yeah. Ingram and all those other guys too. Yeah. Yeah. We might be looking back and say the, it was more about the friends we met in week seven, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the players we started. Who knows? Andy, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for your expertise. Always a pleasure to catch up with you. And uh, anytime you need me, let me know. But uh, always happy to have you on the RotoWire podcast. Uh, love talking to you, man. Thank you. All right. Andy Barron's everybody. Tomorrow, of course, uh, we've got uh, Mario and John on the RotoWire podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. Go check out rotowire.com slash pod for a free trial. Peek behind the paywall. Check out my rankings, Mario's articles, John's articles, Jim Coventry's stuff, all of our good stuff there. Rotowire.com slash pod. Thanks to Circle for their sponsorship. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.